0: Young and old, we are all living through the cell phone's evolution. To start, we all have one and would feel lost without one. Picture a size 9 sneaker to your ear, and that's not including the antenna. Those were my earliest memories of the cell phone. In fact, I remember Zach Morris having one in high school. No one I knew had one in high school, and he was considerably older than me. Fast forward... Today's compact mobile devices are arguably the most powerful technology we own, if reliably connected to the internet. Of course, your car has power of a different kind, measured in horses. But anyone with a smartphone and credit could purchase actual horses, or hail an Uber, or a jet for that matter, with their legs crossed in Starbucks. It bridges us to everything, everywhere, at any time. Patients Google questions, doctors Google answers. It's what we do. Many surgeons YouTube procedures, not due to a lack of knowledge, but to see what others are doing. So it's really no surprise COVID, or more so this pandemic, has nudged the foreseeable. Think about it. Why chance a walk-in or schedule an appointment with your practitioner when a video call would satisfy? And I think you would agree. Phone calls get the job done, but are less personal. Most would prefer to see what someone's face says, expressions are windows. And it's not that FaceTime and Zoom-like platforms are new technology. Neither is telemedicine. What the pandemic did is loosen reimbursement restrictions, making video calls billable. Remember, practitioners are in the business of helping, and I respect that. Nurses are too. For example, consider the number of parents that visit a pediatrician for, say, ringworm or pink eye, when a simple picture, taken from the camera on a smartphone, can arguably provide a clearer image than what he or she can see in person. We now have wearables that resemble jewelry and EKG devices that are half the size of your Amex, and the data from those instruments are stored on your you guessed it, smartphone, and can easily be shared. We are still toying with its potential. That said, what's striking, something we're all experiencing. As cameras replace eyes and numbers and data substitute an actual physical, the device once used to connect us and bring us closer will now be used to keep us apart. And this is beyond smartphones and tablets, we're living in the digital revolution since, well, the beginning of the digital revolution. AngelList founder, Naval Ravikant, deeply put things in perspective when he said, The robots are already here, and there are way more robots than there are humans. It's just that we pack them in data centers for heat and efficiency reasons. Now, I won't even attempt to fact check his numbers, but his point is understood. Consider... When you place an order on Amazon, you are actively commanding robots in a warehouse or that the car you drive is assembled by nimble mechanical arms. It's easy to forget their hair. We expect robots to look like humans with heads and eyes. Those are mostly for show to make us feel comfortable. And I promise this is not a doomsday warning. I see technology like AI as a tool with huge advantages, and tools provide leverage. For instance, it's nothing to screw in a few nails by hand, but for even a moderately larger project, you and I would greatly benefit from using a drill. It's an assisted advantage. That's leverage. Now, if that drill decides at some point where it wants to put holes and would prefer not to be turned off, (laughs) that's a different story. At that moment, you can drop the artificial and AI. That machine is intelligent. Again, this is not about machine armies or cell phones, but how technology continues to change nursing. Do I think robots will replace us at the bedside? No time soon. (laughs) I mean, no time soon. We're simply not there yet. So, where are we? What can we expect in nursing for nurses? Well, let's revisit that assisted advantage tied to technology and think of AI in healthcare as that tool, that drill, which not only provides a form of leverage, but levels the playing field. A good example of how software, technology, levels, and leverages would be this podcast, any podcast, or a YouTube video. It has the potential to reach more ears and eyes than any unit-based project. Not that it will. Again, it has the potential. Technology made that possible. It gives you and me a platform we wouldn't otherwise have. There are more doors with fewer gatekeepers. And I sense more and more nurses will take advantage of these platforms to work for and sell themselves. Consider in-home private duty nursing. It's an option mostly reserved for the affluent, but technology is a leveler, an equalizer. To put in context, think black car service. We now have Uber and Lyft. Think brokerage firms. We now have the Robin Hoods. Think realtors and their coveted listings. We now have Zillow and Redfin. When technology and reimbursement makes it profitable, we may see a shift from the inpatient hospital setting to the home, <laughs> yes, to your home, or wherever that individual considers home, and this should lead to a demand for private duty and concierge nurses. And I can already hear some of you. You just wouldn't feel comfortable with your family member receiving at-home inpatient care. And let's be clear, I'm not talking ICU or subacute level care. Nonetheless, I get it, but just understand, this is what some of the one percenters, those with the deep pockets are currently doing with nurses who may or may not have more experience or knowledge than you. So no, it's not perfect. It can't be perfect. And I doubt there's much data comparing the two. At the same time, I'm sure you know this. Being in the hospital comes with its own set of risks and frustrations. And the longer you're there, the more you're exposed to them. But that's another podcast. I suspect wearables or sensors and smart home devices that analyze, track, and transmit data like vital signs, hours of sleep, weight, amongst other markers, will aid in the shift to at-home inpatient care. Imagine virtual hospitals. Picture a centralized location. It could very well be a floor in an office building where AI and practitioners monitor and guide care 24 hours a day. And I see the potential for a very real shift in the RN's responsibility. It's a pattern currently being played out at every level in healthcare. To make my point, would you agree that the increased need for PAs, NPs, and CRNAs are driven by supply and demand? The fact is we need more skilled practitioners. Okay, would you agree that they are a cost-effective means of filling that gap? So what's the cost-effective means to fill that gap in nursing, at the bedside, in homes? Think for a minute. This may surprise you. It would be the skilled and highly trained patient care technician, or PCT. With robots and AI, practitioners, nurses, PCTs will all jump a level. You do realize there is an aide, less skilled than a PCT, at your grandmother's house helping her with her medication. Diabetics and women going through IVF give themselves injections daily. With proper education, you really don't need a nurse for intravenous meds. What you may not be factoring is that assisted advantage of AI. Truthfully, very few things require memorization today. Wikipedia has the answer. Siri has the answer. Up to date has the answer. AI will have the algorithm, answer and recipe. You won't have to be the chef to prepare the meal think blue apron care. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't memorize basic life support and ACLS algorithms. In an emergency, you don't want to be thinking step by step. You want to be at the top of the steps looking down. That said, should you be aware of how two medications interact in the body? Sure. But if you didn't, AI would give you a hard stop. No mistake there. With this hypothetical shift where PCTs are doing much of what nurses do, I wonder if the RN-PCT ratio would start to resemble a nursing home. Fewer nurses and more PCTs. Incentivized, I can picture PCT-run inpatient units backed by a smaller pools of RN and practitioner teams, a unit-specific response team. I don't think that's too far off. Do you think it's too far off? The next five, more so 10, 20 years, which are purely estimates, will see AI working alongside us in the background, out of sight, curbing errors, seeing patterns, suggesting, diagnosing, doing the menial work. Robot brains don't get tired, bored, or jostle for the easy assignment. It would be inbounds to believe this will free up nurses with time and resources to offer a higher level of care, less task-driven, focusing more on outcomes, specializing, allowing for a less rush, psychosocial interaction with patients. Again, I don't see us being pushed out but up to give some color, not nursing-related but falls within the circle— Co-founder of Wired Magazine, Kevin Kelly, discusses the future of 3D pill printing or 3D medicine where oral medication can be dose-adjusted and printed daily based on its effectiveness. Patients will no longer have to wait weeks or months to reach therapeutic levels. He also gives insight into the remarkable technology of 3D printing organ and body parts. The pattern is a tailored future a levered future, and I'm under no illusion that this so-called upshift can be squeezed by the sprinkling of new chores, or that workarounds will be created. Our movement and outputs will be under surveillance as soon as we enter a facility. I hope it reveals the amount of waste healthcare generates. Think supply packaging and committee meetings. Nurses will have to adapt to constant upgrades to systems being used, Where one day you're doing this and in two weeks what you're doing doesn't exist. It's a rabbit hole of maintenance. We see it with the apps we use, with our laptops and smartwatches. We see it with less technological structures like our homes. We see it on our phones. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? These 2024 sites are creative possibilities drawn from patterns you and I both recognize. Let's call it technological momentum, a cognified healthcare system where you apply AI to something, to anything, and allow it to learn. I can't predict. In fact, no one can accurately predict the next 20 years. Patterns make sense until they don't and huge leaps in tech, specifically AI, can swerve trajectories. So if my imagination and thoughts are in the clouds, believe it's side-by-side with your data. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I look forward to continually shake things up with you. However, on a different note, today's outro special is brought to you by fellow RN and low talker, Keith Aiello. I regularly bounce my ideas and thoughts about this podcast and investments off him. Keith, thank you for listening. Thank you for your insight. Thanks for taking us out. Let's shake things up.